What's up, everybody? This is Pastor James, and welcome back to the Midweek Bible Study. Today, we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we will only have enough time to do the first half, verses 1 through 11. Before we get started, I do want to make an announcement that there will not be a Bible study posted again until January the 4th. So we're going to take a couple weeks off on our midweek Bible study until after Christmas and the New Year. And so this will be our last post of day until January 4th. But let's read verses 1-11 through 11 together and talk about Christians avoiding lawsuits with other Christians. So let's read this. It says, When one of you has a dispute with another believer... How dare you file a lawsuit and ask a secular court to decide the matter instead of taking it to other believers? Don't you realize that someday we believers will judge the world? And since you are going to judge the world, can't you decide even these little things among yourselves? Don't you realize that we will judge angels? So you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in this life. If you have legal disputes about such matters, why do you go to outside judges who are not respected by the church? I'm saying this to shame you. Isn't there anyone in all the church who is wise enough to decide these issues? But instead, one believer sues another right in front of unbelievers. Even to have such lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourselves be cheated? Instead, you yourselves are the ones who wrong and cheat even your fellow believers. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, or who worship idols, or commit adultery, or are male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, You are made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. All right, so Paul is obviously upset that the church has people that are suing one another in the Corinthian courts rather than handling the matter among their Christian brothers and sisters. Now remember, last week that Paul referenced a verse from Deuteronomy, that's in chapter 5 I'm talking about, and he used the analogy of the Passover meal and the bread made without yeast. So there were Jewish Christians among them who should have been familiar with the law of God, which should have been more than enough for these people to be able to handle disputes among themselves. You know, if you look back at the law of Moses, there wasn't a whole lot that was... Actually, there was nothing that was left out. When you look at the law of God, it really is amazing at how very well detailed... And how many different things it covers in order to deal with disputes among people. Now, when you look at this, uh, they had also been given plenty of instructions from Paul and the other apostles and the other leaders of the church who had came and helped out at this church in Corinth. So there should have been enough ability for them to handle these matters. Now, Paul uses this term secular, or, or, you know, the NLT uses the term secular. Uh, it's according to what version you read. It might say unrighteous or um, unholy or something like that. But basically, it just means ordinary. The, these, the people inside the church were supposed to be holy, righteous, and set apart. And, and so there was a problem because you have holy, righteous people who were supposed to be special because they're set apart 
who were taking their disputes to common, ordinary, unholy, uh, unjust people to decide these matters. And that's a huge problem. You know, if we are children of God, if we feel like that our way is the right way, if Jesus is the only way, why would we not rely on Jesus to guide us in all things? Why would we look outside the realm of Jesus Christ to solve our problems? And this had nothing to do with the secular judges or the secular people's wisdom or knowledge or discernment. It was just simply that they were not believers in Jesus Christ, and therefore they were not qualified to judge believers or judge believers' disputes. And Paul addresses this because one day all believers are going to judge the rest of the world. And that's pretty intimidating to talk about. You know, it's like, we're not responsible for judging the world now. You know, last week we talked in chapter 5, we talked about how Paul and Christians, we do have the right and ability to judge other Christians, but we're not going to judge. We're not, it's God's responsibility to judge people in the world who are not believers in the faith. But there will come a time on Judgment Day where we are going to sit down and we are going to have to judge the world based off of our faith and our service in Jesus Christ. And that's pretty intimidating. And uh, this may seem like brand new knowledge for some of you who are listening today, but Paul by no means acts like this is a new teaching. I mean, he writes this as if this is a very common understanding and as Christians they should know this. Um, And since we are going to judge the world, we're also going to judge the angels and because that we are going to have the responsibility of judging those things, then we should be more than able to judge the disputes that we have among ourselves and among our fellow believers. There really shouldn't be anything too complicated that is beyond our ability to judge as believers in Jesus Christ. Like We should really be able to handle this. And that, in a way, should be comforting to a lot of us who are listening today and, and who are doing this Bible study together, that should be comforting to know that, that God's given us everything we need to solve a lot of these problems that people go through in everyday life. Because look, man, you know, we're people. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Uh, if you go to church and you think that your church is going to be perfect and you're never going to have a problem, or you're never going to have a dispute or a disagreement with somebody, you're only fooling yourself. But when you have a dispute you should be able to settle it within the realm of the believers who are surrounding you. Um, but I do want to kind of focus on this idea of this statement about judging the angels. And for whatever reason, this is really fascinating uh, to me, even compared to the idea of judging the world. Like, I, you know, it is a very humbling understanding to know that one day, I'm going to be called as a believer of Jesus Christ to judge others, but to think that we are going to judge angels is quite fascinating. And so we need to understand today that when it talks about judging angels, we're not going to be judging the angels that were faithful and the angels who have done everything that God has called them to do. We're going to be judging the angels that were rebellious and who uh, rebelled against God, dishonored Him, and has basically Satan and all the other angels who have been working to thwart the plan of God all along. And so in this, you got to keep in mind the attitude of Satan when you think about the responsibility that we're going to have in judging the angels because Satan did not want to serve the perfect Most High God 
much less he did not want to serve and minister to inferior beings like us humans. And that's really one of the big jobs of angels that we read in scriptures. One of their main things that they're doing is they're ministering to us. They're taking care of people. They're relaying messages between us and God. And, uh, you know, Satan really didn't want any part of that. He, he didn't want to be... He didn't want to submit himself to God, much less to the ministering of of us inferior beings. So, when you think about the attitude of Satan not wanting that, how much less do you think he wants to be judged by people if he's not willing to serve them and minister them? And so, and you can imagine that if Satan, if he thinks that he can cause all of mankind to sin and be unrighteous, then that would equivalent the fact that he would not have anyone to judge him on Judgment Day, that there would be no one to bring judgment against him. So how hard do you think Satan would work to try to keep men and women tied up in sin so that they may not experience the righteousness through Christ Jesus and His Holy Spirit and therefore, there would be no one to judge him in the coming judgment. And we all know that God is going to judge, but we will stand with God as children of God because of our faith in Jesus Christ and because we put to death our old sinful nature and we devoted our lives to God and we allowed his Holy Spirit to change us and mold us. Now, here's the big thing. If we're capable of judging the world and the rebellious angels, why would we not also be able to pass judgment and disagreements among our own brothers and sisters? That's really the issue at hand. And this sounds uh, petty, but it's very important because we all know how small petty things can quickly escalate and spread division amongst family, amongst friends, and especially among believers in Jesus Christ and entire churches. And so we have to remember and constantly <clears throat> remind ourselves that unity <coughs> among believers in Christ will be one of the greatest testimony and witnesses that we can give to the outside world. So, if there's squabbling among us and disagreements and fighting and now lawsuits among us, then there's really no difference between us and the rest of the world. They're doing the same exact thing. Why, why would there be a difference? So the next question Paul asks is quite sarcastic and humorous. And I really think it's funny because you have to think back to the past several weeks or the past several chapters that we've been studying. And what do the Corinthians value? Well, they value wisdom. They value knowledge. They value all these things. And so Paul, who has been speaking to them, kind of counter-teaching against these things, not relying on worldly wisdom and their own wisdom and eloquent speech and, and who they're going to follow, but really, you know, he's been preaching the simple message of Christ crucified, not complicating it, but really just bringing it back to its elementary roots of saying, this is the message of the gospel. It's not about your wisdom. It's about the wisdom of God. And so when Paul asked this, well, isn't there someone among you wise enough to handle these decisions? you got to remember, 
the, the, the church of Corinth was very adamant about their wisdom and their knowledge and how great they were and how much they had achieved and gained and how much God had blessed them. And so if they thought so highly of themselves, why in the world would they not think that they were capable enough of deciding the matter among themselves? But the what Paul is saying, like he's saying it in sarcasm because if they thought so highly of themselves, surely they would have thought they could have handled the situation. But that's not the reason why they should do it among themselves. The reason why they should settle it among themselves is because they have the Spirit of God leading them and guiding them and helping them to make these decisions. So, um, we have to understand in this whole thing that Paul is not against legal actions within a secular community. And so it's not a, a call to all Christians that we never get involved with the court system or enter into legal actions. When you think about this, take a breather, take a step back. The challenge is, is one believer having a dispute with another believer. But what happens when you have a non-believer who has a dispute with another believer? Well, obviously, the non-believer is not going to submit himself to the authority and the rules of the church and scripture and things like that. And in America, we're getting to a more secularized uh, society each and every day. Um, you know, where I live here in Chesney, where most of us live, who are going to be listening to this, um, it's still Christian for the most part, but it's very quickly becoming secular. And so you have to understand that there are going to be times where lawsuits are inevitable, where you're going to have to use um, the secular courts to decide something because you're not going to have two Christians dealing with one another. But if you have two believers, they should very much use the church in order to settle their disputes and not go outside of that. So Paul is not against uh, legal actions and the secular courts or anything like that. He has nothing against secular judges or their inability to discern things. It's simply a matter of if you're a Christian and you have a problem with another Christian, it should be settled among Christians, and it shouldn't be brought out into the community for all, all to see. And so, um, you know, you, you have to think about this. <clears throat> um, let's just talk about real quick the, the idea of what's going on if there is a lawsuit during this time in Corinth. So, the secular judge would come out and sit on what was called the Bema seat. And basically, this was their court. They didn't have a courtroom. They didn't have this big courthouse like we have today. They would basically have this seat in the middle of a marketplace or a town square. And they would sit there, and this secular judge would hear these cases. And so you have this dispute among two people that once it started, it quickly became public knowledge and the people of Corinth, and really most places, uh, they love a good uh, lawsuit or a court hearing or a trial. It was very entertaining to them. And you always you know, know and understand that, that you have these lawyers and people who are standing up and they're giving speeches, which the Corinthians also really liked. And they're defending themselves and promoting their agendas. And, and this was very much a public spectacle and source of entertainment. So when two Christians went to... Um, battle against one another with this legal system, the issue quickly became public knowledge to the community, 
And it would have really made the church look bad because they would have said, hey, they fight just like everybody else. They can't settle their disputes just like everybody else. There's no difference between them and us. And, and this is why Paul told them, he says, look, this, this is a defeat for you. Like, if you do this, this is a loss for you. This is a loss for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're hurting the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and even if you win the case and you, you know, you get whatever you wanted out of this lawsuit, really you're losing because the blood of Jesus Christ loses its power in the midst of this. And so Paul even encourages these believers in this moment to allow themselves he says, look, allow yourselves to be cheated. Just take the loss. Be humble. You don't have anything to prove. You don't have anything to gain. Actually, in this, you have everything to lose. So we should be willing to sacrifice whatever was taken in the name of Jesus so that the gospel and the church and the power of Jesus Christ can remain strong instead of us being justified in whatever matter may be at hand. Because what happens is that... Uh, we end up just hurting the church and our testimony and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ in the long run no matter what. And we, and we hurt our fellow believers in the, middle, in the midst of all this. And so as Paul is talking about how serious this is, he really changes gears in the last few verses. And he goes back to this whole understanding um, of even though he acknowledged them as brothers and sisters of Christ. And I want to remind you of this before we talk about the rest of this passage because he did acknowledge all of these people as brothers and sisters in Christ. So he acknowledges them as Christians. But if they continue to live in sin, if they continue to do these things, whether it be sexual sin or idol worship or adultery or male prostitution or homosexuals or thieves or greediness or drunkenness or being abusive or cheating other people, he reminds them that none of these people will inherit the kingdom of God. Paul is challenging these people because they were once like that, but they shouldn't be anymore because they called on the name of Jesus Christ and they received the Holy Spirit. And if you remember from chapter one, they received gifts from the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts. They received spiritual gifts. They should have been changed. And for many of them, there was a change in their life. But since Paul had been gone, many of them had allowed themselves to slip back into the sins that they were committing before. They had slipped back into sins that the rest of the community was committing around them. And what they were beginning to do was to claim that Jesus and their newfound freedom in Jesus Christ gave them the ability to sin instead of walking in purity and holiness. And Paul addresses that in the last half of chapter 6. And we will talk about that next time we post and meet together, which will be on January 4th when we return from Christmas break. So, I just want to say we love you guys. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas. If there's anything that you need, please let us know. Um, we are available. Shoot us a message, email us, call us, whatever you may need over the next couple of weeks. We are available and here for you. We hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Let me pray for you, and I'll let you go. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity to be called children of the Most High God. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. 
Help us in everything that we do to serve you and to glorify you and to live for you in all these things. Jesus, we love you today and we thank you. I pray that you would help us to honor you with our lives. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in for another week. If you can't be here on campus this Sunday, catch us on Facebook, YouTube, or the podcast. We love you and praying for you. Have a great week.